Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. We're back. It's the Horns of Talking Texas podcast. Fisher Disopolis, DJ, Nikki, Snacks, Cry to the Boys took care of business at home on senior night under the lights in Austin, 57 to 7 over our final game for a long time against the Texas Tech Red Raiders. Nikki Snacks Carter had been calling for a 14 point 4D point game out of the Texas Longhorns. Well, we gave it to him. We gave him a 50 burger. We won by 50. And I was saying to Nick before you got on toss, this may have been the most complete game of football. I've seen our Texas team play. Quinn was pretty solid. Wasn't spectacular, but he was pretty solid at the quarterback spot. We ran for a total of 302 yards, and that includes minus 13 from Quinn. Baxter had 45. Blue had 121 with a long of 69. Red came in the game and ran for a low-key 72 yards. Uh, Wisner, Wisner, whatever his name is, throw some meat on him. We love him. Quintravion. Quintravion, bring him in, throw it, get, you know, I'll throw him on my diet, give him the quick 30 pounds, and we'll get him going next year, and, and, and he'll be our RB, too. He, he looked slippery and spectacular. The receivers were good. Whittington had four catches. Sanders had three. Worthy had four. Uh, AD had a quiet game, but you know we spread the ball around a lot. On defense, not a lot of sacks. But we had three interceptions. Jet Bush took one back to the house. Keelan Robinson took a kickoff for four touchdown. And Toss's favorite player in Texas history, Burt Auburn. Five to five with a long of fifty-four yards. I mean, what more do you want? What do you, what more do you realistically maybe a better game from Quinn, but outside of that, what more do you want? Maybe just zero points in general. <laughs> Fifty-seven to zero. Not not to see some of our very important players even just hit the turf and potentially go I out for injuries. Like I was scared in that first half because like because guys were dropping like flies. And I was yeah, I think we all have a similar gripe and josh you were tweeting it all all the all game long from the charity stripe account why was xavier worthy returning punts when he had already gone down twice in that game went to the locker room in fact and came back out there like we're up by 30 points you know and then 40 points and then 50 points and he's still out there he was like scott sterling mode like he was literally like he would, they would, it wasn't like he like limped off. He's like, ah, oh, my leg. He was being carried off on multiple occasions, like, like to the point where it looked like, and they're showing replays of it. Like Did this guy tear his PCL, MCL and ACL. Like it looked so gruesome and so bad every single time. And not only was he coming back out to the field, he's coming back out to return punts, which is not a, like he, I know he's returned one, but it's not even like he's that spectacular of returning punts anyway. Like, why is he even out there? Well, there was one punt where he put the moves on. I think he had like a 30-yard return. And I was like, that ankle looks completely fine to me. <laughs> yeah. He would, like, he would like limp off. And then we – but, yeah, I think outside of like the injury thing, it's as good of a game as you could have wanted if you're the Texas Longhorns, especially like, look, look at our last few contests. I know Iowa State, we pulled that one out at Ames, and that looked pretty strong. We only gave up 16 points there. TCU game was close. Kansas State game was close. BYU, we smacked. A Houston game was close. Like – 
those are really tight games. And if you're looking to make a statement like our Texas Longhorns are, we're going to get into it in a little bit. Um, the holistic picture of the college football scene. Like this is an emphatic win, a big statement win in your last regular season game in the Big 12. First win over 40 points. I mean, we, yeah. we, we, we had yet to get over the 40-point hump, and we do that by 17. We get to 57. And mm. to win by 50 points against a conference foe for many years, you know, to, to send, uh, send them off, you know, send ourselves off to the ICC and to, to leave the Big 12 on senior night at DKR, you know, potentially one of the last times Texas, Texas Tech comes to DKR in, in many years, it's awesome. It's huge, especially all the trash talk that was happening between Texas Tech and even the commissioner of the Big 12. I mean, look, I loved the fact that they played on the video board, the commissioner telling Texas Tech that they need to take care of business when they come to DKR. Like, it's so petty. I saw, like, Texas Tech fans on, like, message boards, you know, talking about how they need to ban the Big 12 from the Big 12 or ban Texas from the Big 12 championship because of how disrespectful that is. It's like, come on. Like, well, how disrespectful is that guy? Yeah, for sure. Exactly. Like, uh, Texas and OU, let's be honest, has brought more money and more eyes on the Big 12 than all those universities combined. 100%. Also, if we knock on wood again and again, we get into it later, but if we do make the college football semifinal, we are representing the Big 12. We are still a part of the Big 12 conference. Guess what? In the record books, way, way down down the line, when the three of us are no longer alive, like you will still get the credit for that. So like you want your Big 12 teams to perform as as great as they possibly can and of course like okay maybe that doesn't necessarily mean that texas tech can't beat texas at the end of the season to to give texas an l as they had to the sec but they didn't do it and we embraced the hate as we started the season think of finishing it at dkr throwing the mission tortilla right back at texas tech with a huge old l on it uh the texas football twitter account went off after the game like some of the I've, I don't at the admin was cooking. He was he admin had a had a hell of a night. Uh, probably had a few beers as well, <laughs> or or a little bit too much turkey and was tripping on that trip to Fane or whatever it's called. Uh, but it just might have been CDC honestly that had that. It could have been. It could have been. But it, yeah, I mean, look, like if you're a fan of of the Texas Tech Red Raiders and you're getting worked up about this, I I texted this to you guys. Like you're getting worked up about like what was happening at at dkr uh outside of i don't like look there's too many times at college football games nfl games sporting events recently where people get hit people get hurt people get punched but I, i'm not talking about that i'm excluding that but if you're getting mad about like what we're chanting the fact that we're chanting sec uh or that you know we're chanting arch or anything like that like it's 18 to 22 year olds what are you getting so worked up about like we got it we got bigger fish to fry in in real life context you also yeah. brought this upon yourselves like sure. y'all started this with y'all started with the everything runs through Lubbock. Y'all started with the Big 12 commissioner and, and his nonsense at the beginning of the year. Like it, they brought this upon themselves. Like they this is what they asked for. They asked for the, the way that the everything has been refed the entire season has been ridiculous with the Big 12 officials. This was brought on upon themselves. So I I have no remorse for us playing the Big 12s. Honestly borderline fire it could have been a fireable offense or a suspension worthy offense for the commissioner to openly root against one of the teams is ridiculous like for this is a group of kids man like this is a college program openly rooting against like good would roger goodell ever openly root for somebody in the super bowl 
And, and all the times that he was against the Patriots, and he was battling with the Patriots, would he ever openly root against the Patriots in the Super Bowl? No, he uh, he's, wouldn't. He's a professional, right? That's yeah. He at least conducts himself with with good behavior, uh, albeit making terrible decisions left, right, front, and center for the NFL. But yeah, I mean, at the end of the day, it was it was probably our second best game of the season, and Why not our so, first. Well, but going to Tuscaloosa and beating oh, Alabama yeah, sorry. is definitely number one. Um, but the fact that we're ending the season on an, on a high like this, and now we're headed to the big 12 championship um, makes me feel confident in the fact that, you know, we can go, we can take care of uh, the, the Oklahoma state Cowboys in, in Dallas, Texas at, at Jerry world. Yeah. I, I don't want to say they don't have a prayer, but we should be beating this team pretty handily. This is not, this is not the passing attack we've seen in the past of Oklahoma State. They they do have a very potent rushing attack, but that's our bread and butter. That's what this team is built on. That's what this defense yeah. – I can't even believe I'm saying that, but that's what this defense is built on. Like, we stop the run better than anybody. Devondre yeah. Sweat, Byron. And these guys are playing for, for, for a draft position in the disrespect. I'm still <laughs> seeing people mock Murphy in the fourth round. What? It's ridiculous. Murphy in the fourth. Sweat should be a first round pick. Murphy should be a second round pick. But it was good to see. Like, I'm really happy guys like Malik Muhammad have been showing out as a freshman. I know Anthony Hill has been. And I, if we're gonna do like our typical, like, hey, who are your stars of the game? There's a lot of stars to go around. It was great. Again, I got to give some to Blue. I got to give some to Keelan Robinson, who we've been asking for for maybe three years now to explode and, and to see him come in tonight. Uh, you know, and, and just score two touchdowns was really great. But again, I, I've really been impressed with what Malik Muhammad has done as a freshman this year. You know, he, he was a really good recruit and Anthony Hill has gotten a lot of, you know, the love and a lot of the spotlight for being the top freshman. But you, you really can't ask for a lot more from Malik Muhammad as a freshman. And then you have Terrence Brooks as a sophomore coming away with a th his third turnover of the season in the air. Like, yeah, that th when I was watching on Friday night, basically with my family, who a lot of them are Aggies. A lot of them went to LSU. A lot of went, them went joke. to other schools. I'm pretty much the only one that, that went to UT, uh, in my family. And I, I was having such a good time just being like, that guy's going to get drafted. And then if it wasn't that guy's going to get drafted, I'd be like, that guy's a freshman. That guy's yeah. a freshman coming back sophomore. Like he's coming back. First of all, AM, you know, we didn't talk about it on the charity strip, but they hired their next head coach. I actually kind of like the hire. They're bringing back Mike Elko. Um, I know that's little brother over there. Should we maybe we should maybe discuss it a little bit? But we even had some we had some Aggies come at us not on Twitter. They they hid from Twitter, but they went via our buddy Nikki Snacks, double agent through his group text, coming at us. And I, I just I had to throw it out there and tell you guys I could not have been happier to watch LSU and Jan Daniels put up forty points against the Aggies after that whole small saga the other day. I officially yeah. hate them. I hate them even more now. Like I have no skin. I really don't have much skin in the game against the Aggies to be honest. Because by the time I got to school there, like they were gone. Yeah, no, I mean, you don't see it how Toss and I see it because obviously Toss has family and friends that go there that went there and their trash talk is just on a different level. And it's like it's irrational trash talk. It's not even like they've they hold any ground on anything like like they don't have a positive record against us, you know, in, in the rivalry. Uh, we beat them, obviously, the last game to send ourselves to send them into the SEC. They when we talked about them hiring head coaches last week on best of believe and you know we pulled the clip from it when i said i don't think they've had a 10 win season they had one 10 win season in the last 20 years and it was in 2012 when they had johnny menzel right. 
Um, Texas has been in the national championship twice, won one of them in, in those 20 years. They're mm. an 11-win team sitting right now that's playing for a conference championship and that could potentially go to the college football playoff. And so, you know, their little brother mentality will always, always shine through and their trash talk will always be super irrational. So you don't understand it how like we understand it, right? Like I'm in this group text and all they are talking about is these head coaches and they're like, oh, I don't want Mark Stoops and oh, like this is terrible. Oh, Elko, okay. Like, yeah, he, he's going to bring the program back. You know why you hired Elko? Because he's cheap. Honestly, like he was with your organization beforehand, you know, and he was a great DC, went to Duke, did pretty well. But you don't have the money anymore to throw money at a Jimbo Fisher because you're paying him $75 million to not coach. You can't pay another coach that salary. So Elko is a guy who you're probably getting a lot of bang for your buck. Well, yeah. it's going to be, it'll be as it was going to be with anyone, whoever they brought in, it's going to be heavily incentive based, which is probably how it should be. Right. If you're yeah. just talking about college football coaches and the ridiculous you know, just salaries that have been dished out in the last three years. And you look at what's happened with, with A&M, of course, and it, but even more so like forget, it's not like Jimbo did anything wrong outside of not coaching their team. Well, right. Like Michigan state is like a scandal and they're having to pay a penalty because of that. And like, you, you have to be smart with your decisions as a, as a college, right. As a university. And yeah, I'm with you. Like, I think you're both right. Like I think they're paying for Elko cause it was the cheap right thing to do. Um, and yeah, we can, we can forget, them they could have had play the next year. You know who they could have had when they fired someone? He was their interim head coach who's now with us. Jeff motherfucking banks, bro. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks. Uh they're gonna lose recruits, they're gonna lose players. I mean, we're already foreseeing that Evan Stewart, which was their top wide receiver, that you know, <laughs> come on in, kid. <laughs> he, didn't, he didn't travel with them to Baton Rouge. And uh, you know, I think he's gonna enter the transfer portal and you know he's gonna wanna I promise you burn orange Kool-Aid tastes good. I promise you. You know yep. what? Here's the deal. Xavier Worthy, where is he going? First round. Okay. <laughs> where, where's A.D. Mitchell going? Draft. Draft. For, honestly, I would probably take A.D. Mitchell before. Well, no, look, I think, I, AD, AD. I think A.D. Mitchell is the perfect example of a guy who went from a different program and immediately made an impact and put himself. Was A.D. Mitchell going to be a first-round draft pick if he stayed with Georgia? Probably no. not. I don't know. Like he's comp he's competing with Lad McConkey and and Brock Bowers in a different way. Like right. he was truly our number one receiver for a lot of the season. As good as as much as we love X and as great of a career at low key as Xavier Worthy has had. Like if you go to Xavier Worthy's touchdowns, like he is top five or maybe I think even top three for us right now. I think he's it, second behind Roy Williams. He's second man. Yeah, they threw up the stat, which is pretty remarkable. And um, for for X and Jatavian and Whittington all to have been on the team last year to have that connection with Quinn already um, to not only basically have two, they've had two seasons, but they've also had two preseasons and AD comes in and he immediately becomes Quinn's favorite target. Right. Right. Like alongside X, like he's got more catches this year than Jatavian Sanders. So that just goes to show like if you are out there and you are making plays, you are getting open, you're available to, to the quarterback, as long as we have the quarterback talent, which we can get into that next. Cause I think uh, we, we got a little glimmer of uh, and glimpse of what, <laughs> what's in store for Longhorn, the Longhorn nation in the future, um, you know, they're going to find you. So I think Evan Stewart would be, uh, he'd be a little silly not to at least consider coming to the 40 acres, but I mentioned it. We got to see our first real tape on Arch Manning and Nick and I, and Josh, you were, you were pumped about it as well. Like we were over the moon. I, I can't really describe it as, 
as anything else besides over the moon about what he's able to do with his legs, the arm power, the, the, the throw rolling out to his right. That looked like an NFL ready throw from a true freshman. Like, okay. He threw three passes, but I did. I, I put the on hype our is real, man. The yeah, hype's real. I, I put on our Instagram, Arch Manning's first career completion as a member of the Texas Longhorn. Absolute dart. Like I immediately after yeah, he, it, was, it was a little curl route, but yeah, who cares? <laughs> I don't give a, I don't give a shit. No, I, and, uh, Everyone was, was loving he it. He was zipping it. I mean, I think there's a lot of zip on that ball. It's, uh, I mean, Quinn's got a great arm as well, and we've seen flashes of him being crazy accurate. But the completion percentage doesn't do it justice on what Arch did. I mean, he was two for five, right? Yeah. And I honestly, like, one ball was just way too hot thrown into the end zone that went right off the receiver's hands. Um, and honestly, what impressed me the most is his decision-making to run the ball. Yeah. Um, and he looked really good when he was running the ball too, you know, sliding down, getting out of bounds, uh, you know, not taking the hit. It was, he looked like a very polished, mature quarterback. Mm-hmm. And yeah, that really yeah. impressed me from a guy who literally has not played a snap of football since high school. Yeah. Whole and and for work. him to get the opportunity in the, the 12th game of the season, like maybe, maybe that's why he hasn't been shown yet. Right. Is because he's been learning and he's, we've already heard so many times how much of just a, a football rat this guy is like he he's, he's a tape rat. He's a gym rat. Like he wants to learn and grow. He obviously knows how to do it. He knows how his approach is of a pro caliber, right? Because of his dad and his uncles um, and his grandpa. And so it, it's cool to kind of see that to fruition. Unfortunately it came at the, at the behest of, of Malik, you know, being injured on the sideline, but we can also say the same thing. Like, Malik throws a really nice deep ball too, right? And that's our backup quarterback. And we'll see what happens with with his future and whether or not he wants to to stay with the Longhorns. But uh, he's got a guy right behind him, if not now in front of him, uh, in Arch Manning. And you saw what the crowd did w- when Arch came in, and that, I thought that was so cool. And uh, I mean, it's just fun, man. It's just fun to watch that. Look, I mean, Eli Manning didn't start as a freshman, right? Yeah, and that's okay. Like his is, and he was the first overall pick, like. Even if Arch, and he's going to be a redshirt freshman next year, right? Because he only has, he played a couple snaps, so he'll be a redshirt freshman next year. Even as a redshirt freshman, he needs to sit behind Quinn. I hate to say this, and I love Quinn. I really want Quinn to be successful. I'm stoked he's coming back. He should come back to be you know help his draft stock. What it unfortunately is the one thing we know about Quinn, he misses time. Quinn gets hurt. Like let's not yeah. let's not let's call a spade a spade. <clears throat> yeah. Quinn's gonna miss two or three games. Like he that he did it last year. He did it this year. Like I hope he doesn't. Knock on wood, he doesn't. I'm praying he plays all thirteen for him, for his sake, for our sake. I'm playing. I'm hoping he's in every single snap. All that being said, he does have a tendency to get hurt. And if Malik's like, look, this kid has the hype. He's more athletic than I am, which is the truth. Arch ran the ball pretty well. He's a better athlete. If Malik Malik could be a guy that moves, I think he will. I think it's I think it's just kind of inevitable. I mean, Malik has shown that, you know, he could start. He won two games in in the Big 12. I mean, they weren't the prettiest, but chalk that up to him having jitters and it being literally his first time ever playing out there. So, I I think for his future it's probably best to go to another program. Um, I mean, we've all known this kind of from the get-go that there's a, a log jam at quarterback, but that's kind of what you want when you're a program that's trying to build something, you know, trying to build a culture where it's one guy after the other, next man up. I mean, that's what Bama's had for years. Uh, you know, maybe not as much as lately. I mean, Milrose obviously taking a great step this season, but 
you know, in the years when they had Tua and they had Jalen, they had Mac Jones, you know, like that's kind of what you want when you're here at Texas, right? You got Quinn, you got Arch, Malik, and we're not going to stop recruiting quarterbacks just because we have quarterbacks. You know, I mean, we're, we're always going to be in the hunt now for the top guys. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Colorado, Colorado just lost two QB recruits, 24 and 25 classes. So who knows where those guys end up, but I best believe we're going to be, we're going to be hunting for him. We're going to be going for him for sure. Yeah. We're going to, we're always going to be heavily in the mix for any of the top. Like we talk about Evan Stewart, like he, we're definitely going to be his number one. Why wouldn't we be He's from Whitting- Texas, from, from Texas, Whittington, Mitchell, Whittington's gone too. I, we've already mentioned the other two guys and Sanders is probably gone. You could come in and be the number one guy for Quinn Ewers in an offense that just sent four guys in the draft. Yeah, no doubt. And look, at the end of the day, like crowded receiving rooms are not like the end of the world for a receiver. I mean, you look at Ohio State and both the receivers are going to go in the first round. Both those guys might be top 15 picks, Marvin Harrison and Ibuka. So like then the day you, you kind of want a, a receiving mate across from you. I mean, that's partially why I think A.D. Mitchell and Xavier had so much success this year is that you cover one, you got to think about the other. I mean, you got your best cornerback's got to go on somebody. Mm. So in this situation where John T. Cook probably is going to end up being our number one guy. Nick's Bird Auburn. <laughs> yeah, that's Bird Auburn. Uh, well, look, at the end of the day, like I think for John T., we've only seen a little bit of tape on him. And when he's gone in, like he's made good plays. He's great in space, you know, makes great, great moves, good ball runner, yards after catch. But I think the thing that I've already kind of gravitated towards is that he was all in from the get-go when he was in high school helping recruit other players, right? Mm. He was very vocal, like like Arch, right? Like Arch isn't even doing it with football either. He goes out and, and gets us a basketball recruit, you know, like two weeks ago, number four recruit in the nation because, you know, they're hanging out. And, and I'm not saying it's all Arch, but at the end of the day, like you're an ambassador of the university. And so when Jonte was in high school, you know, he was very vital in helping us get Anthony Hill over. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure, you know, he was vital in helping us get Colin Simmons and stuff like that. I mean, like these guys who play football in Texas, they know each other from camps. They know each other from all American games. They know each other just from playing state championships, you know, playoffs, like seven on seven tournaments. So it's crucial that you have a guy like that who can't only just do it on the field, but also do it off the field where you're an ambassador to the university and you're super passionate about the university mm-hmm. because look, I'm not seeing that a lot of, a lot of guys at AM. and a lot of that's yeah. because they're not having success on the field. Of course. Right. Like they've underachieved. They have some identity issues with their head coach and you know, that's not the player's fault, obviously. But if you're seeing guys like Colin Simmons, I'm seeing it weekly where he's tweeting out and saying like, bingo, like made the right choice. Like, you know, next year is going to be awesome when all these recruits come in, like, you're seeing how vocal they are and how excited they are and how passionate they are to represent the burn orange when they're not even on campus yet. And that's a culture that like, I don't think we've been used to over the past 10 years because we haven't had some, so much success. But now that you're saying, you know, toss, you're sitting there at Thanksgiving, that guy's going to be a pro. That guy's going to be a pro. That guy's going to be a pro. And if you're a high school player and your ultimate goal is to get to the professional football league, like this is the best place for you. If you're from Texas. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Trey Owens, like you, you're talking about guys who are really heavily like on Twitter. I see Trey Owens all the time and he's a three-star quarterback, but he had a pretty good year in Cyprus, you know, and he's very vocal with other players. Like I'm with you. Like that's important to me too. Like we, 
that AM recruiting class that was so I mean, I'm not saying they didn't do this because they definitely were like active with each other. It just felt kind of contrived. And look how it ended up. Like it was all just a big smoke and mirrors. None of it, like literally none of it worked. No, well, you just you have to have the stamp of wins behind it, right? If if that's that's the last thing that they keeps the guys. So yeah. many other things bring the guys in, but the winning and getting them to the NFL is what keeps them, right? I'm I'm talking about just in the recruiting cycle before they even step foot on campus, like as a as an actual student, because yeah. guys have become so finicky with their decision making, and I I mean I don't I don't blame them to a certain respect because NIL and a lot of things can change and position coaches are changing and head coaches are changing, but I, I really hope, and it feels like we have capitalized on our move to the sec, which AM definitely did right. When they got to the sec, they got better recruits. They turned out better NFL prospects. And while they, but they weren't able to continue that, that mm-hmm. look, the longevity of that hasn't sustained that well um, because they haven't had success on the field. They haven't got enough wins and that's why yeah. you're seeing their coaches change and, and blah, 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 blah. But I did want to, we were talking about running backs and it was so, it was great to see blue do his thing. It was great to see, um, <laughs> our, our, our new guy Wisner get in there and do his thing. We don't Go. give enough. We don't give enough love to, to shard choice. Like everyone, th- that guy is one of the best position coaches in football. I, I like threw out there when AM's available job came out. I was like, I hope they don't go after Tashard, which like they weren't going to, right? Because like he's got to start at a small program as a head coach and kind of work his way up. Um, he might not be with Longhorns next year, you know, because he's that good of a position coach. The he guy deserves it. I think he, he was offered an offensive coordinator position somewhere. That's right. Maybe it was maybe Cal or I, I don't know. It was, it was somewhere. And he turned it down because he wanted to stay with this it wasn't, group. It wasn't a bad job. It wasn't. No. It, and I just, when you see guys that are that ready to play when they're given the opportunity, and when you see a guy like Keelan who doesn't get a ton of snaps and he's ready to play on special teams and he's also ready to catch a pass out of the backfield, like that readiness, that that mental focus, that comes from your coaches. And the guys being willing to listen, like I just can't, that can't be lost on any Longhorn fan out there how important that guy is to our locker room. He turned down the running back job the Los Angeles Rams. That's what it was. Yep. Not only did he turn down another job, he turned down a pro job. Yeah. That is a completely, that's a profession. Look, we college is fun. We love college football. That's the National Football League. He worked his way up to be a coach in the National Football League. That is a jump. And he wanted to stay. He's that's a also recruiter. a lot cushier of a job. That guy's hungry. He wants to be a head coach in college football. He wants to mold minds. He wants to turn... Boys, he's a great recruiter. I mean, at the end of the day, like when you're putting out success, like you're having right now, with the amount of running backs that we're putting out, like Bijan, Roshan, now we're looking at Brooks, who probably will come back next year, but Jaden Blue, like coming out of nowhere. I mean, this this is such a great resume builder for you just to say, I'm putting these guys in the league. We rushed for 302 yards as a team last week, like it's. (laughs) It's and that's just a regular day as as the Longhorns this year. Like it is without it's, Brooks, without Brooks, and, and honestly, with most of the game without Baxter because he rushed for nine, nine times. So it's 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 pretty amazing what he's doing, and you know we obviously know how how vocal he's been on Twitter and all that, and you know helping out with the program recruiting. So I'm not surprised whatsoever. Yeah, Including on 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 A yeah. and M. Um, it's just like their edge that they had against us in recruiting it's gone now because they thought their edge was we're in the sec 
And that's how we're going to win over some of these guys that want to play see ball. Yep. Playing field is even. I and mean, and Jimbo Fisher, you have Sark. Exactly. Well, that's gone the other way now, too. Like, they don't have Jimbo Fisher. Sark got an 11 win season. When Jimbo Fisher hadn't had that, he had a 10 win season his entire time at AM. Yeah, I, their, their edge is gone completely. And on the topic of choice, I don't know if he's going to have to go the route of like weird head coaching job. Better head coaching job, better head coaching job. No, we, not weird, but I know, I know. Like, but like, I don't know. Like, look, Mike Elko left AM. Like, Duke's not a bad head coaching job. Duke's a solid head coaching job. It's not AM, but it's a bad head. It's, it's, it's a solid power five. It's a power five ACC good program. Like, he coached there and he went back to AM. Like, the shard choice could be in a situation. Hopefully, he's get, he works his way up and he's like Sark's right hand. I mean, he's pretty close to being Sark's right hand man. Like, hopefully, he works his way up to that point. And then he goes, he could get a serious job. If he's recruiting like this or we're running like this, like he, I think he is almost in a better position to continue to learn and mold himself under an offensive mind like Sark. Go to the SEC, play in the SEC, recruit at the SEC, win at the SEC level. Mm-hmm. No pressure. You're not the head coach. Yeah. Go do that. I'm with it. I, I, I would love for him to stay. I don't think he's going as long I'd, as possible. I'd be shocked he was going anywhere anytime soon. At least at least one year of the SEC. He's, he's just a, he's just a gem. That's how I mean. Mm-hmm. That's how I feel about it. He's he's fantastic. Like it's next. It it truly. We want our QBs to next man up to be next man up, right? And it it showed itself to to be that with what we got to see from March. But like and with Malik winning those two games that have, that are crucial, right? And and our possibility of getting to um, the college football semifinal, but it really has been next man up with the running backs. Like there's no other way of, of putting it. Like the fact that blue had that 69 yard touchdown run and looked, he looked as good as Baxter did. Right. It was like, it was like what I was saying two years ago. I was like, I think Jonathan Brooks might be better than both these guys. Like I got in some of it's just like, Oh, we're, we're hyping ourselves up and we're, we're kind of like, we're, we're drinking that, that burnt orange Kool-Aid, but that's what it feels like when you're a winning program, when you're, mm-hmm. when you're at the yeah. top and this, this is just uh... the first time we've been there. This coaching tree this year kind of resembles one like you know how in the NFL where they took like the the Washington you know Redskins at the time when they had Lafleur and McVay and all those guys. Um, it kind of resembles that a little bit um, because look, Bo Davis, our defensive line, like that's yeah. a guy that I also think you know potentially could end up being a big defensive coordinator one day. You know, at a program, and I think you know. To Shard Choice might be able to get an offensive coordinator position. You know, Blake Gideon coaches our safeties, and he's a Longhorn. But like, we've got a lot of great guys at each position that not that are not you know going to be huge hires in the next couple of years. But I think starting off right now are adding great work to their resume. Yeah, yeah. I mean, Gideon's a great one. You throw up Chris Jackson. I don't know. I, I know I did for a hot second. I don't know if you mentioned him. I said Bo Davis is like. Yeah, Bo Davis. It's a good. I mean, like, clearly the coaching staff's good. Look at the product in the field. Every guy you mentioned, every position group those guys coach, like, we're, we're flourishing at. This is the best offensive line we've had in a decade. It's the best safe group we bring up Gideon. It's the best group of DBs and safeties we've had. Like, Michael Taff is a walk-on, dude, and he's like out of nowhere. He's been a beast for us. Like, coaching, 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 development, development, development. Yep, that's what it is, man. Um, all right, well, we're gonna. This is our Texas 
tech you know texas love show we're gonna drop a second show for you guys we're gonna do two in one week we'll drop one later after this one talking straight college football playoff and then we'll have one with Quan this week previewing the oklahoma state game so get excited for that fisher to stop was dj nikki snacks crutter great seeing you guys get your horns up hook them baby horns up okay. talking texas <laughs>